Hello and welcome to the first edition of Pandora's Box, a new Linklaters podcast series covering the build-up to the implementation of the Digital Operational Resilience Act, or DORA. I'm Jimmy Pickett-Barder, an associate in Linklaters Financial Regulation Group in London. I'm joined by Gonzalo Diaz, a managing associate in our Madrid office, and Simon Treacy, a senior knowledge associate uh, here with me in London. Welcome both. So in this series, we'll guide you through DORA and the different areas of focus for firms in preparing for the new obligations. So from the ICT risk management framework through to record keeping, reporting and contractual arrangements with ICT service providers. In this first edition, we'll provide a helicopter view, if you like, of the DORA legislation and the various obligations on firms and ICT service providers. We'll draw down into the detail on some of these topics in future editions. So let's get started and do exactly what Zeus said to Pandora not to do, open up the box and see what this regulation has inside. Gonzalo, I'll start with you and the obvious starting point. Um, if you could just talk us through what exactly is DORA and who is impacted by it. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. DORA is the EU's Digital Operational Resilience Act. Essentially, it's flagship piece of operational resilience legislation for the financial services sector. DORA entered into force in 2023 and will apply from January 2025. Yes, and a year to go and a lot for firms to do between now and then. Essentially, DORA aims to address a patchwork of obligations scattered among various legislation and harmonize digital operational resilience rules across the EU financial sector. It's doing this by setting new standards for financial entities, including measures on how you manage ICT risk, report ICT incidents, there's your resilience to disruption, and so on. There are also measures for how you manage third-party risks relating to ICT services. That's the first part of DORA, which is directly relevant to those of you who are financial entities. The second part has a different scope because, as well as requirements for financial entities to comply with, DORA also establishes an oversight framework for critical ICT third-party service providers when providing ICT services to EU financial entities. The European supervisory authorities will ultimately decide which ICT service providers are critical and therefore in the scope of the oversight framework. Thanks, Gonzalo. So as you say, much of DORA is about ensuring harmonization across the EU financial services sector. And the good news for firms is that when it comes to operational resilience and just back up a bit here, actually, and say so by, by operational resilience, what we mean is the ability to withstand all types of ICT related disruptions and threats. So the obvious example being being cyber attacks. Firms in that context aren't going to be operating from a standing start. So OPRES, um, as the lazier among us like to call it, is part of many of the key frameworks. So not least MIFID 2, um, CRD for banks, Solvency 2 for insurers and the Payment Services Directive. It's all embedded within those key pieces of, of EU legislation. And these myriad, albeit disparate requirements, are all underpinned by EU level guidance, so such as the guidance on ICT and security risk management. Then you've also got um, requirements um, potentially biting on trading venues, central counterparties and credit institutions, which are also potentially caught by um, things such as the network, network and Information Systems Directive, um, which is in parallel with DORA moving to the updated uh, NIS2 directive. Um, and you'll have certain financial entities that in theory could be in scope of both NIS2 and DORA. Um, but the good news is that the core requirements in DORA will essentially apply over those um, that apply um, separately in NIS2. 
Simon, I'll turn to you now. Um, we've talked in somewhat vague terms about financial entities and scope of DORA. Um, so it'd be great if you could expand on who exactly is in scope um, on the financial entity side and touch on how ICT service providers uh, may also be impacted. So DORA applies very broadly to financial entities, as you say, with the Commission's aim to bring within its scope all regulated financial firms, that's around 20,000 firms in total across the EU, and really is only allows for very limited exclusions. So those exclusions relate to entities that are especially small, like um, small AFIMs, insurers and small insurance intermediaries. But actually, generally speaking, if you are an EU financial entity, you will be caught or impacted in some way by, by DORA. So what that means is there's a huge number of financial services firms and market infrastructure that are going to be impacted by this directly, ranging from the biggest banks right through to the smallest startups, which then makes us think about proportionality, because um, there are a couple of ways in which proportionality is, is baked into the legislation. One way is that there are certain requirements in DORA that explicitly do not apply to what are known as micro enterprises. So micro enterprises have this lighter touch regime than applies under DORA for, for larger entities. The second way in which proportionality is relevant is that in general, DORA says that firms should apply the uh, obligations under DORA in a proportionate way, bearing in mind the, the risks that they face in relation to um, ICT services. The problem with that, though, as a broad principle, is that it doesn't actually switch off any rules for firms. So um, uh, it's, it's not necessarily a get out of jail free card. The other thing that we need to remember when we talk about the scope of DORA is, as Gonzalo has said, DORA also applies to these ICT service providers. So those are providers that are going to be in scope, whether or not they're based in the EU. The key question for them is going to be whether they provide services to in-scope financial entities. And because the meaning of ICT service for this purpose is deliberately very broad, um, to include, for example, cloud services, software, hardware, data analytics, and so on. That means that if you provide any of these ICT services to EU financial entities, you're, you're going to have to look very carefully at the scope and the potential impact of DORA. Thanks, Simon. So we'll go into uh, a lot more detail about the specific aspects of DORA, I think, in future, in, in future pods. But let's take a, a brief look at where we're at with the development of the rules. I think the first thing to note is that the primary legislation, so the so-called level one text, is already finalised and, and, and made law. Uh, so attention is now squarely focused on the emergence of the level two secondary legislation um, that will all underpin DORA and, and, and effectively how that secondary legislation uh, will be finalised in time for the January 2025 deadline. And that and those tranches um, of uh, secondary legislation have been uh, split up into two buckets. So you've got the first tranche of level two measures um, and the European supervisory authorities have finalised the draft of these texts and these are now with the Commission for adoption. Essentially the measures in this tranche cover the ICT risk management framework which we've talked a little bit about already so that framework that firms must have in place. Um, the criteria for classifying ICT related incidents um, that includes determining uh, incidents uh, as major, um, and this will be uh, uh, these would need to be reported to competent authorities. 
you've also got measures on the templates for what's called the register of information to be maintained by financial entities. These cover all of the contractual arrangements on the use of ICT services. And then you've also got measures covering the policy on ICT services performed by ICT third party providers. So there's a lot there to um, digest. And Simon, there's obviously a lot of detail in these level two texts. Um, but it'd be great if you could just give us um, uh, a few things for firms to think about when approaching when, when approaching the myriad secondary secondary legislation. Well, I think maybe the first thing to say is all those things you've just mentioned are, you know, those those texts that were, were consulted on last year in draft form and they have now been finalised, which is great. Um, but it is worth noting for firms that were engaging with the drafts when they were under consultation in summer 2023, um, you need to make sure that you're looking at the latest versions because there have been changes. For example, we've got a new process for classifying ICT incidents, um, which, as you say, then then determines whether those incidents need to be reported to uh, the regulator. So first of all, make sure that you're looking at the latest versions of these texts Secondly, in terms of things to look out for, I think, frankly, what DORA does in part is create a huge amount of documentation requirements for, for firms. So um, one of the technical standards you, you, you mentioned relates to your ICT risk management framework. Um, there's a lot in level one of DORA about this framework, but there are even more ICT related policies and procedures that are hidden away in these technical standards. Um, so it's important that you start working out sooner rather than later how you're going to fit all these different pieces together. Um, probably finally, then, the, the other point that I would mention is that um, there's this register of information that, uh, that you noted. Um, it sounds fairly innocuous in and of itself, but in practice, it's, it's going to be a very detailed itemization of, of all your ICT contractual arrangements. Um, and that is something which is going to tie into the repapering exercise that you have to do. And no doubt we'll talk about in more detail in, in other episodes. So um, looking at that register and looking at the rules around it and the various templates that exist for it um, is certainly not something to leave to the last minute. Thanks, Simon. Yes, that register of information is particularly um, bitty and there are lots of component parts to it. It's not a simple kind of one and done, one and done job. So, yes, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that one um, in a bit more detail in a future uh, future pod. Um, Gonzalo, let's come back to you. So the de uh, development of the second tranche of level two measures. Um, so these have sort of been running in parallel, albeit slightly behind the, the first tranche. Um, and these are unlikely to be finalised before the summer. Um, so would you be able to quickly summarise what the second tranche of policy materials will cover? Sure, thanks, Jimmy. This tranche will include technical standards on subcontracting, ICT services, supporting critical or important functions, major incident reporting, and threat-led penetration testing. The first of these on subcontracting is important as DORA requires that contracts between firms and ICT service providers must indicate if subcontracting of services supporting critical or important functions is permitted? And if so, what conditions apply to that subcontracting? The draft standards on major incident reporting is also important for firms who will be required to previously submit initial notifications, intermediate reports, and final reports to the regulators following a major incident. In addition to these draft technical standards, there are various guidelines in development which will be finalised along a similar timeframe. Thanks, Gonzalo. That's really helpful. So I think that 
is just about enough for this first introductory um, episode introduction to Dora. Um, we've obviously riffed a bit on this Pandora's box pun um, for the name of this series, um, but the aim of these uh, the aim of these podcasts is really to show that we're effective planning in advance. Um, unlike the actual Pandora's box, the regulation doesn't necessarily need to mean trouble for firms, especially if um, they have begun to plan uh, well ahead of the deadline in January 2025. So between now and our next edition, and we'll follow up with further pods in the next few weeks. Uh, if you have any questions, obviously, please do speak to your usual Linklaters contact, or you can find our contact details on linklaters.com. So until next time, thank you very much, uh, Gonzalo and Simon, and thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.